What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 257 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for Friday, September 30th, post-Hurricane Ian, for fuck's sakes. That's all I heard about living in Jacksonville, Florida for the past week. Was this fucking hurricane a weirdest that thing? That and probably uh, Tua's uh, scary uh, concussion in, uh, in in football. Probably heard a lot about that, too, where his fingers are all bent. Surprisingly, yeah. no, I've heard nothing about that. But uh, yeah. the weird thing about living in Florida is like you, you, like you go throughout your life or your day or your week or whatever hearing nothing about a hurricane because it's out in the ocean or whatever. Yeah. And then it goes from hearing nothing about a hurricane to only hearing about this one specific hurricane. It just literally, like, the switch flips to uh-huh. where there's kind of rumblings where they're, oh, yeah, there's a hurricane on. Because, you know, it's a boring topic. Who gives a fuck if it's out in the ocean? As soon as that shit gets to where it looks like it's going to start hitting Florida, it's just the switch gets flipped on social media and on, on local radio. And even on the fucking national news, like NBC yeah. News, I watch that sometimes. And, like, that well, they did a whole... My freaking computer was just giving me, you know, notices. Or my phone was like, oh, there's a hurricane that... And you live on the opposite side of the country. Yeah. (laughs) Like, why would you give a shit? Um, (laughs) Like, I mean, they were... They were kind of like that with the California fires, too, to a certain degree. But... Get it, degree. Um, But, but yeah, I feel like this hurricane was, like, just, like, Jesus Christ. I mean, yes, it did did fuck up Sarasota and Tampa Uh and some other of those little um, islandy cities. Um... But once it kind of got towards Orlando, it didn't really do shit. And then by the time it we, didn't really didn't really touch down in, in, in Jacksonville that much. No, nah, we like. got we got like a tropical storm out of it. I mean, <clears throat> I made mm-hmm. a whole parody video on my Facebook page. Like I might post it in the group if I remember. But I'm like, I'm dressed up like a news guy, and I'm like, oh my god, look at all these palm branches that are on the ground, and look at this little puddle in the middle of the road, uh, and look at this random clump of. Uh, you know debris back here uh you know and it's like i'm just kind of like playing up yeah. how minimal it it affects. yeah it, it it sounds it sounds just ridiculous as like the hurricane party episode of like broad city where they're all like they're in new york and there was a hurricane or something that was coming in and then they were all like having a party because you know it might be their last night on Earth type deal. Oh, and they the, well, those, they are, those are pretty common here. They yeah. call it, we call them hurricane parties. And like, if someone, if anyone had a hurricane party for this in Jacksonville for this hurricane, they're douches because this one, <laughs> this one was not big enough to warrant a proper hurricane party. Like, yeah, so that that you do that shit when like you know the lights are probably going to go out and you know the streets going to be flooded and you're just you know bunked up together with a bunch of your friends or whatever that's like a proper hurricane party uh-huh. um this was just this was this was literally nothing like and then i went out i had to miss work because i normally have karaoke on thursday and they canceled that which they shouldn't have because they easily could have done the gig still but probably no one would have went out so i'm trying to like find some some bar to go out to because i'm not gonna not drink um and um my normal bar I go to is fucking dead as a doornail. There's like no one there. And it's like, 
All right, I'm not uh-huh. I'm not ready to be the depressed, you know, single guy at the bar. <laughs> I'm not I'm a little too young to be that guy yet. So then I went to this other bar and there was like a little bit more people and some of my friends and stuff, so that was fine. But uh yeah, like the, like a lot of places were closed, you know, and all that and it was just like yeah. fuck, man. Like was was that really necessary for this? I mean, I think the the worst of it happened like overnight, over Thursday night. So when you woke up Friday, it was you know it was it was at, yeah you know the calm after the storm because uh, there was really nothing. Nothing. The only storm I ever encounter here is probably dealing with uh, the never ending wave of shoplifters and working retail. Oh. That's probably the crime only storm wave. I, yeah. The yeah, crime wave. That sucks. That's weird because it's like I feel like it was like less less of that going on a few years ago. Like maybe people are getting more desperate. Well, it's not just that; is they know they can get away with it because the police don't do jack shit. So that's the other reason. Out where I live, um, like, oh, and they can't get stopped by anyone who works there, and there's no actual security anymore. So that's the that's the other factor as to why they keep doing it and why it just keeps escalating yeah where i live like certainly if you walk into a cvs like anything that's of remote value is behind like this plastic case that you need a key you need to get like a manager to get it because they they know that all too well that like the worst thing for me though is is the shoplifters that hang around to like the last minute and then leave like a giant ass mess of product that they were Thinking about stealing, but couldn't get away with it because it's too much product. So now there's like a full cart of product to put away. And it looks bad for me because I have to leave at like nine and I can't stay to take care of it. So if a manager comes in in the morning, it was like, well, what is this? It was like, I, you know, I, I, I did the best I could. I busted my ass as usual. And then I got screwed over by some fucking tweaker bitch in, in last minute. And I swear a lot of them, they are, they're fucking tweakers. They are, they're stealing shit to keep their hands busy because they're tweaking so much or they're doing it to fund their drug addiction. Yeah. Yep, that's how it was in, uh, when I worked at CVS as well. Um, and, you know, you, 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 you saw him from a mm-hmm. fucking mile away, you know. It's yeah. like, yeah, okay, I know your fucking story. And, yeah, like, there was, I had been conned in several you ways. The bag. I, I think I've already, you know. uh, I think I've already mentioned some yeah, of the ways. Yeah, you've already mentioned a lot of the stories, so. Yeah. Mike's like, yeah, you've already mentioned all the stories, so shut the fuck up and don't <laughs> repeat them again, you tired cunt. No, I'm not. I'm not that kind of person. Um, I'm just excited to to finally. Uh, yes, dive your into... favorite show in in second your second place favorite show I should say of all time. Well, not really, not anymore. But it, it's it, it's definitely what I would call kind of a guilty pleasure. I guess nowadays I can, I can see it being a guilty pleasure for sure. Um, this show Mike has talked about a lot. He's yes. mentioned a lot on our podcast and um this just shows you how much uh, things have changed you know over the years it's like i used to gush about this show 
and the show is sightings yeah, by the you, way. yeah you did kind of gush about it uh and i still like the show but i definitely am well more aware of its flaws <laughs> of its shortcomings uh um, and its shortcomings yeah like because uh, as a kid i didn't care like none of that really stood out to me the low production values the hokiness of it the sensationalist uh attitude how lame it can be like none of that really stood out to me what stood out to me as a kid was the stories you know the paranormal and, well i mean too know, just just like music you know music trends music changes and what once was seen as badass and super cool is now seen as hokey and lame like 80s mm-hmm. hair metal um i still like 80s hair metal. <laughs> well Music, but, you know. Like musically speaking, that's one thing you know that that's still up for grabs. But like just the style, like all yes. these guys wearing the like style, I was never really into the music though. I I I liked. Yeah, like like the 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 sight of Axl Rose dressed up like a straight up chick and singing like. Yeah. Uh-huh. but yet he's supposed to be this badass it was yeah. just it's like laughable and so it's like that with tv as well poison was really bad right so like sure. you have these tv shows in the 90s and they had this certain like uh this one had this definitely like this like news magazine style yes. show like a 60 minutes or something like that investigative reporter you know type of thing yeah like if you didn't know any better you almost felt like you were watching like a news broadcast c- cutting to like these these stories that these real stories you and know? that was the point they they hired Tim White, who was a former actual news broadcaster, to host the show. Oh, well, that makes sense because he totally and, has that vibe. Yeah, and uh, I guess they wanted to add some legitimacy to the paranormal stuff because a lot of it was considered to be you know a bunch of bullshit by a lot of people. So I guess they tried to add some legitimacy to it with this show by hiring a news broadcaster and having this news yeah. uh, broadcast uh, journalism kind of approach to the show. And at times it kind of works, but then at other times it just makes the outlandish nature of this show and the people that are presented on it all the more glaring. It's uh, so, it's very much like ancient aliens. They tr- they try to strike yes. a balance by having these quote unquote experts on, uh-huh. and, and then on the other side of the coin, they have the most outrageous. Uh, uh, for ancient a- aliens, they have the most outrageous claims of, yeah. of of theories of what of how things happened or whatever. Yeah. But on sightings, they have these outrageous kind of like uh, sound bites. You know, uh-huh. for the for when they're teasing the segment, they're like, you know, like uh, Sally's ghost, you know, scratched um, uh, the man in his home, and they show blood, like these little yeah. scratch marks with the blood coming out yeah. or whatever, you know, and they just sensationalize the fuck out of it. And uh, and as a kid, like I didn't, I wasn't aware of trends. I wasn't aware of certain things. When I saw this episode when I was a kid, it it was like one of those like big watershed moments for me it was like oh my god ghosts are real you know that kind of thing you know you're like that 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 does it that proves it you know the whole thing with the 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 scratches on the skin like it's actual contact with uh with with this guy and and it actually attacked him physically on camera you know that kind of thing yeah 
Um, so Sally's ghost is like the main case we're going to be talking yes. about off of se- yeah, episode the Heartland. one, season three, episode one of sightings. Um, yeah. The Heartland ghost. This was, uh, the premiere of the syndicated, uh, version of sightings. Cause previously the first two seasons, it was, uh, not syndicated. It was, uh, uh a Fox original show. Uh, and then after it went into syndication, I think it still aired on on Fox for a little bit. But then it ultimately moved to sci- to a Sci Fi Channel, which is where I remember it. I remember watching it on the Sci Fi Channel, and I think part of the the effectiveness of the show for me when I was young is definitely because of the fact that I was absolutely one hundred percent fascinated to the point of near obsession with the paranormal. And I was like, this is this is my show. You know, this is a show that talks about strictly the paranormal. Could you tell and, could you tell a quality difference even as a kid between watching Unsolved Mysteries and watching Sightings? Uh, probably not as a kid. Um, definitely when it comes to the reenactments, but when it comes to like, you know, interviews and whatever, I could I couldn't really tell that much of a difference. As an adult now though, like it's definitely a much more low budget affair. Yeah. Uh, and the, and it doesn't really have very much reenactments and when it does, which I, I, I think, you know, we should continue to try to talk about this show. Uh, the reenactments are pretty bad <laughs> just to be, I mean, they're, they're, they're not, they're not the greatest to say the least. I don't know. Um, I don't know if I remember any, um, particular reenactments off of this episode no there's some you there's some abduction segments from some of the earlier oh seasons. yeah there was there was a little there was a slight yeah. reenactment with the golf breeze one with the uh guy that that you says looks like whoever country ray sing- stevens yeah he ray, looks like ray stevens yeah he, he where he did a reenactment where he hit, like when he was on the beach and he saw the ufo like what he did with his camera yeah. and he kind of like you know, it's like, oh my gosh, is you have, you know, and then he like uh-huh. runs towards a thing and he crouches down and take a picture. And it's like, wow, that was pretty bad. Yeah. Like, so they're, they're, those are pretty bad, but it kind of adds to the charm of the show, the guilty pleasure aspect right, of it. Cause right. you're like, okay, how bad is this reenactment going to be? You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> that kind exactly. of thing. Uh, but with uh, the Sally House haunting, the Heartland uh, ghost, it's one of those things where they, they do this whole thing where they change the names of the people involved, but with when it when it comes to the wife, she's not hidden behind a shadow or anything. Like she's just there in right in front of the camera with no attempts to try to hide her appearance. So anyone that knows her would have immediately <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. They're, they're like the this family wants to remain anonymous and like her whole ass face is like yeah. on on national television. We're going to call her Pamela. It's to like, protect her identity. It's like, yeah, I'm sure nobody watches the sci-fi channel, <laughs> Pamela. You should be good, you know? Like, <laughs> or so, Fox, because this was on Fox. I mean, at least with, like, the guy, they, they did pixelate his yeah. face out. So it's like, yeah, I have no idea yeah. what this guy looks like. I know very well what his fucking abdomen looks like, because they yeah. train the camera on his fucking stomach for an yes. uncomfortable amount of time. That's yes, they do. That's way longer than I want to see a So a, a the Heartland Ghost is... Uh, an investigation into uh, this haunting that that occurred uh, in, I believe it was, was it Kansas, I think? I think it was somewhere in Kansas. Yeah, Kansas, actually Kansas City, Missouri. That's what it is. Um, and there was this entity named Sally. 
that was uh, messing with uh, this family. Uh, and it seemed like other than the, the poor husband, it, it seemed like they the, the entity wasn't really harming the kid, the newborn or the wife. The entity was just fucking with the husband, <laughs> like the poor guy. He's just a focus of the entity's uh, uh, anger or tantrums. If this, uh, if this story like to is, is to be believed. Exactly. If this story is to be believed. Which I, I, I uh, you know, I, I do I, have some doubts for sure. Uh, more doubts than I did when I was a kid. Uh, some of the photography stuff, though, that is a little uh, out there to the point where I don't. I don't quite know if it was faked or not um, because they had people who tried to recreate it and they failed. But, and especially since this is like the nineties, like it's a little, a little diff- more difficult to be at home and like fake something, you know, photography with photography. Um, you'd have to be really skilled at it. And they didn't really seem like people who were like photography experts. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I I feel like you have to have a lot of faith in the producers of the show to believe this particular segment because like the big yeah like the big the main selling points for this ghost on this segment was a the temperature change they'd make a yes. big deal about that in in uh-huh. the in the so they're interviewing the lady and the director made a note to the cameraman like if anything happens even if even if you're interviewing stop the interview and view the yeah. thing and. So they cut the interview, which I thought was interesting. Uh-huh. I'd never actually seen that. I mean, honestly, if it is bullshit, which I happen, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I err on the side that it is bullshit. Uh, this is like some of the first kind of like, um, almost like not found footage or or would it be considered found footage? I don't know. Like so, something outside the category of yeah. what they intended it to be. You know, like it's still even if it is bullshit, it's still interesting to watch yeah because they literally like they're interviewing the lady as as they would like say on unsolved mysteries where the camera's just Uh like fixed on the person and they're in her house and then all of a sudden the camera like just the cameraman just you know pans away from her and in you know in real time as they're doing it and like they're like now they're walking through the living room and stuff it's like well i've never seen that on a show before yeah And they're making yeah. a big deal about the temperature change because by the dude, it's like all cold. Uh-huh. And then the second thing are the scratches. He's got these two scratches that are bleeding more. Well, than- I mean, with the temperature change, it's 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 something that they're making a big deal out of because they turned off the the uh, the AC. Heating. They turned off the AC because of for the yeah. for noise purposes when they were recording. Yeah. Um, and then you know they they go over to this guy, and not only is it the, this cold blast of air uh, that they're feeling, that you just have to believe that they're feeling it because there's no way you can know if it was cold or not. Yeah. You just have to believe that they're all telling the truth. You know, the, the producers of a paranormal show where their goal is yeah. to fi- is to you know make sure that there's some- they get something on camera or else they don't have a show you're you're supposed to believe that they're all feeling I mean they this. don't always have something on camera like that was one of the first instances where they had something significant on camera and not to mention it was the, the it was the season premiere it was the first segment yeah. they they needed yeah. something they needed some yeah. juice on that bone so uh 
then not only that, the guy's arms, the guy's arm is is scratched mysteriously. The husband, whose face is blurred out, now these scratches, it looks like he's bleeding more than what he should be from the scratches. You can't even really see the scratches all that great. All you kind of see is the blood on, underneath the scratch. Uh-huh. It looks like he could have taken like a paper clip and, and gra- like just scratched it across his arm really yeah. hard to produce these kind of scratches. These these look like they could have totally been superficial. You know, not yeah. not actually hurting you in any way, kind of things that he totally could have done. You know, uh, by himself. But on, you know, as a kid, I didn't, I didn't, I, that didn't come to my right. mind. And you, you, you know, don't. You're just not, too engrossed in 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 rapture. Well, you by, just you think everything on TV is, you know, yeah. like if if it's not a movie and they're billing it as reality, then you think, well, they're not going to lie to me. This must be real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Exactly. And then later on in the segment, they supposedly have this uh, on-camera phenomenon of the guy lifting up his shirt, and he says, "Oh, I feel a cold breeze in, inside my my gut, or something like that." Uh-huh. He lifts up his. See, and, and that was in the middle of like an interview with him. Yeah. Another one of those instances where he's being interviewed and he's talking about previous uh, uh, encounters with this entity, and you know say whatever you want about this guy, you know, if he's acting when it comes to him telling this story of, uh, you know, what, what's been happening to him, it's some pretty good acting on his part. I thought it was okay. Acting. I, I thought it, I thought it was pretty good for, you know, uh, what you've seen before in other reenactments, for instance. Um, they, but, they, then they do like the the real time like scratch mm-hmm. mark like forming on the guy's abdomen. I gotta admit, I I thought I saw the the mark there from the very beginning. I felt like they it, it was cut. The camera was like kind of out of focus there for a while. Then when it finally got into good focus, then you see the scratch. But even when it was out of focus, I felt I still saw some kind of. I marking. didn't. I didn't. I didn't see that. I think it was some. Well, he already had like. I, I think there was one of those things where he already might have had like one other, like previous marks or something. But they didn't really specify that. Here, here's my theory on that particular uh, uh, series of welts. See, when I was a kid, I wasn't afflicted with what I currently am now which is uh, called chronic uticaria and uh, uh, dermatographia. And it's known as like skin writing. And your skin is so sensitive uh, that you can write in your skin. So if you take your fingernail and you just scrape it on like, you know, your skin, it'll leave a mark, a red mark that does, depending on the severity tend to raise up. Um, I don't know if there's a lot of bleeding involved. I don't remember that happening, but I don't really see, I didn't really see a whole lot of bleeding on his chest either. It really just looked a lot like it was just raised welts based on, you know, like a scratch. So he easily could have like just did something under his shirt real quick while they're doing the interview and just like lightly scratched his chest with his fingernail and then been like, Oh my God, the, 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 I I feel the cold again. Yeah. And then they lift it up. And then what you see is just the result of, uh, his, uh, dermatographia or his uticaria. So, uh, that like, it's crazy. Like for years, like as a kid, I'm like, this is, this is, this is definitive. You know, I'm like the guy, 
the the heavy set guy who's like, this is real, this is fact, you know that guy. But like uh, now, I'm like, eh, I'm not, I'm not so sure about that because I've I've seen my skin do that. So, and as far as I'm aware, I'm I'm not dealing with any sort of haunting. And if the husband's acting was good, the woman's acting was like. It's like, dude, you have a fucking ghost in your house that just claw up your cu- your husband, and she is the most calmest, like composed. Well, that ties into the way that she writes about herself in in the book that she wrote about this case. Like, she was just really calm about it to the point where she actually formed some sort of relationship with this entity and was trying to 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 uh, be some sort of companion to it. Uh, almost like a motherly kind of thing. That's creepy. So it is. It is very creepy. But then eventually she did realize that things were getting too far because the book was talking about stuff like the husband would start to get, you know, really, really uh, messed up in terms of his mental state. They had some really twisted stuff like a cat got thrown in a dryer. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And there, there was, she, she was talking about how he, the husband was going to kill another cat or whatever. And they're talking about other, you know, experiences with the entity, uh, you know, with the kids toys and stuff like that. Some of the photographs I did, like they had a photography expert, which, you know, you could technically, you know, poke holes in because you're like, how do we really know this guy is really an expert? You yeah, know, that people kind of thing. throw around the term expert a little too loosely. I was featured on some uh, YouTubers collaboration video and I was called in as the music expert. So, uh-huh. you know, yeah, I'm not a fucking expert at music. Uh-huh. I just know a good bit about it, you know, so. So he's talking about, you know, how he tried to recreate the photographs in terms of like the the blotches or the the light that's on the, the photograph with his photo editing software and with uh-huh. other means and he wasn't able to. They talked about this photo of a crayon that was like raised up off the ground and they tried to recreate it with, uh, you know, with string and whatever. And they, they were unable to do so. Said, I, I found said crayon figured, weird just then you said, I thought, yeah, to clarify, it sounded like you said crayon, like cranberry, but, uh, I think that's just your, your accent yeah. or whatever crayon. <laughs> that's another thing we should mention though, too, is, um, like kind of like the third big thing they focus on were the, were the pictures that were taken yes. by the wife of you yes. know like the kids' room and uh, uh-huh. a, a selfie or whatever if they didn't even call them that Sally back no selfie oh selfie like, like they know. took oh. it like she took a picture yeah. a picture was taken of her and the kid and there'd be these yeah. random blotches like this mm-hmm. blue marking um, and there was a black one and you as know well. and everything was blurry and all that. And you know when 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 we're talking about like '90s like disposable cameras, I don't really I don't really feel like the the guy even said it himself the uh, photo trickery expert like he specializes in doing like mm-hmm. like you know photo trickery back then before yeah. Photoshop. Um, he even said he's like when it comes to stuff like this, he's like I tend to not trust pictures because they can be so easily manipulated he's like that's what i do for a job you know mm-hmm. he's like but these you know yada 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 um and he was talking about he used gels to try to simulate mm-hmm. the blur effect like and what he meant was like 
there's like color gels that you can hold in front of a camera or in front of light. And he's like, but the density varied too much in their picture. And it's like, yeah, but you, you could still pull that off though. Like, you know, you probably didn't try. I don't know. I mean, it probably would be a little, see the, the thing is, I just don't buy that some family in the middle of Kansas city, Missouri is that adept at tricking things have you ever with, seen uh, the documentary photography Cat- have you ever seen the documentary catfish that the mtv show was based oh, off yeah of? i did but that that's like catfish is is at a point in time where it was a lot easier and it was more easily accessible to the point that to, the point uh, that i'm trying to make is use things like that the point that i'm trying to make is you said i don't see why a random family in uh, missouri would do this but it's like oh hey some random lady in Wherever the fuck went to huge lengths faking yeah. the girl's voice, her her social yeah. media page. I mean everything. So I mean, yes. people people do shit like that sometimes. I know, I know. What about Ghost Boy? His fucking mom, you know, yeah. like, what, like definitely writing books about like her. that one, for instance. Like just because you write a book about your experience, that doesn't automatically mean to me that like you're just full of it. Because some people just want to share their experience in a way that they weren't able to through just some interviews for a show. But when it comes to like the Ghost Boy thing, like that was just so outlandish that it it was it was. Clearly, in her book, wasn't there like a, a flaming ghost car? Or yeah, something? there was like a ghost car. Yeah, <laughs> that tried to run her over. Like, yeah, no, come on. Uh, but with the Sally House haunting, like this is, I, I do, I am more skeptical about it now, knowing that this was turned into so, some like tourist trap thing. The house itself. Oh, really? And of course, you have the book, and then you have her appearing on other shows, shows up on Paranormal Witness. Uh, and at this point in time, like she's fine with sharing her real identity. Deborah Pickman, that's her name, Deborah. And her husband, Tony. Hey, and- Tony, how's the ghost situation? Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I've been rewatching and the so, Sopranos. yeah, they, she, she, uh, she wrote a book called the Sally house haunting a true story that, that was released in 2010. And meanwhile, you have the, uh, the, the Tallman house where they still don't want to be identified. And, uh, they, they haven't been on any fucking program, you know? So it's like, you know, yeah. Kind of gives a little bit more credibility there when you're not trying to like make money. I guess. Experience. So uh, this is a review of of the book by a guy named Jeff Marzano. He's like, this book is informative, but I agree with some other reviewers that some of the story was left out. I say this mainly because I've watched an episode of the paranormal TV show, Paranormal Witness, called The Harpy about this case, which was actually from season three of that show as well. Uh, Deborah Pickman and her husband, Tony, appear on that Paranormal Witness episode. The impression I got from the Paranormal Witness episode is that Deborah Pickman no longer believes the ghost of a little girl named Sally was haunting their house. Uh, She said she now believes it was this harpy creature. Since uh, this book was published in 2010 and the Paranormal Witness episode first aired in 2013, maybe Deborah Pickman's feelings changed during those years. Uh, Deborah mentions that the harpy creature, she mentions the harpy creature at the beginning of the book, and then Tony Pickman talks about it in the short section, in his short section at the end of the book. 
Uh, anyway, I think there's some additional information about Tony's experiences with the harpy creature that could have been expanded in this book. The stuff about the Sally ghost is only part of the story. Generally speaking, I would say Deborah Pickman became too curious and too enamored with the paranormal. One of their cats somehow got put into a clothes dryer and was killed. Tony was st- uh, starting to lose his mind and he was getting darker and more dangerous with each passing day. Then Tony killed another cat in the kitchen, assuming this is a real event, not some sort of hallucination. So there's that. So there's a little bit more so details. Instead of it being a ghost, because that's already kind of, you know. Now she's like, it's some kind of. It's, it's a mythological, entity. it's a mythological invisible myth, mythological creature <laughs> with a woman's head and a bird's wings and claws. And no, I think it was just called the harpy. I don't think that's actually what oh it's based on. Um, because later on sightings, sightings went back to that house numerous times, which makes sense. You know, like, why not? <laughs> uh, and, uh, one, in one episode, they brought, I think they brought another parapsychologist and they, they mentioned that, you know, there was something else there in the basement or whatever. Like it wasn't, it wasn't just Sally. Like there was something else in, in the house. So, uh, Here's another review of the book that's a little more detailed in terms of what's in the book. Deborah Pick- Pickman, whose first account this is, has reconstructed in the, bo- in the book the events she and her family and friends experienced in the Sally House from a journal she says that she kept at the time. It certainly is a detailed account. Shortly after moving in, Miss Pickman began to suspect that the strange activity she'd begun noticing in her new home which seemed to interact with their newborn son, was caused by a young child. Uh, speaking of the strange activity, you might as well mention the flower. Oh, the rose. Because that was kind of interesting. There was like a rose that was on uh, the, the windowsill. Window yeah. And they had the camera on it earlier because they were interviewing uh, Deborah. And then, which seemed like, like a few minutes later, it was all burnt up. Yeah. The rose was like charred. Mm-hmm. There was also a teddy bear that got burnt as well. And a clip to a bib. Yes. So uh, she began noticing these paranormal events, uh, some fairly typical and some truly eerie, that occurred and grew in intensity, and how in response she began to bond with Sally, the supposed little girl spirit uh, that she came to suspect was behind them. Based on the activity and Sally's own response to her, Miss, Mrs. Pickman developed maternal feelings for the spirit haunting her home and began to provide it with growing attention and even gifts. So if this is really the case, then maybe that is why this entity, if this is reality, was targeting her husband. Because maybe he saw this was happening and he was like, this is ridiculous and was trying to get his wife to snap out of it. And the entity was was not having any of that. So this dynamic wasn't as benign as it may sound. Mr. Pickman was not as comfortable with the idea. There you go. Of sharing his home with the spirit as Mrs. Pickman. I wouldn't be. Would you? Would you, Josh? You'd be like, yeah, uh, hey, uh, we're going to have a a new kid, uh, but um, this kid is a ghost named Sally. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I would be like, no. This is crazy. No, we're we're not we're we're not treating this ghost or whatever it is as one of our children. 
So, and little Sally I mean, has some potentially. I, me, me personally, yeah, go ahead. I, I would move. Um, yeah. I know that people are like, I guess if you own the home, it's different, but like, I fucking rent. I just tell my landlord, yeah. like, yo, uh, I'm breaking my lease and I'm. I'm getting the fuck out of here, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I would just, I would just move. It's a little harder for some people. I mean, if you, like, if if you own your house, that, then that's a whole other story. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was like one other segment which I actually would like to cover sometime where it, it, they they couldn't move. Like it's one of those things where financially it just was not feasible. Yeah, God, that would so. Suck. And little Sally had some potentially very dangerous ways of throwing tantrums and seeking attention, such as lighting candles and other household items not necessarily meant to be set on fire. Plus, there was a newborn baby in the house whose sleeping patterns were quite disturbed at first, apparently by the spirit. Although Mrs. Pickman believed that Sally would not hurt the baby and perhaps was even saving him from SIDS. Uh, there were also several pets, a cat and a dog, who were also disturbed by the haunting. They mentioned the dog in, in sightings or the dog was barking uh, at nothing. Frankly, I came to be shocked by Mrs. Pickman's rather blithe dismissal of the turmoil caused by Sally. Yeah, that that is. It's like it's kind of like what you see in sightings. Like she's just way too calm about all of this. I'm saying, like, like why wasn't she more upset about it? You know, uh, she seemed to truly be in denial. It almost seemed like Stockholm syndrome type of behavior. Fortunately, she did eventually question her own behavior and whether she were somehow being brainwashed. But not before evidence grew that Sally was not the only, the only unseen force in her home. Mr. Pickman had some very scary experiences with at least one of her spirit in the house and was the victim of some terrifying physical attacks, including some powerful phenomena at work witnessed by a co-worker. These attacks in the form of spontaneous scratches forming on his skin were also witnessed in the Pickman home by the sightings personnel. Each of the three times they were to document their story. I, w- so, I will say that the whole scratch thing uh, that is very consistent with yes. um, w- with go- like paranormal encounters. Mm-hmm. Like every case I've ever heard of, if if the ghost or the entity becomes violent, it's it's usually in the form of a scratch. Mm-hmm. You know. So, and then uh, one more thing about the Sally House. I actually have a review from TripAdvisor from somebody who went to the house uh, and was. involved in like paranormal investigations and stuff for fun um this is the most interesting or fun review like it could be total bullshit but i thought it was worth sharing uh because there are other reviews that are way more boring like i stayed there nothing happened you know that kind of thing yeah i had seen about this house and sightings back in the 90s when i was a teen then again on an episode of uh, ga recently this spring ghost adventures which is not a good sign that this was also on Ghost Adventures. No, that 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 is, yeah, you're instantly uh, <laughs> Zach Baggins, man, that guy. Uh huh. So when it said self guided tours for ten dollars on the city's website, my husband and I were like, yes, please. Then we rewatched the episode of Ghost Adventures the night before and thought, are we freaking crazy? It was a day tour, so him, myself, and two others ventured off into Atchison. Um, we walked in and there were people doing their thing. I was standing in the dining room, listening to a guide, give a brief bit of history, started to feel lightheaded and a humming sensation in my body. I was like, I need to move away from here. Not scared, just weirded out. I didn't expect that. We went upstairs. I had a ghost app on my phone, which I didn't even know was a thing, but apparently it's a thing. It started saying names of people and would answer to some of my questions, but not at all. Okay. So it's like one of those EVP things. It's just constantly. uh, All right. 
We turned on a flashlight and I told whatever was with us to turn it off. It did slowly. I assumed it was a battery. Uh, it felt very heavy up on the second floor, even with the windows open. It was in the upper 60s. We went to the infamous basement where there's supposed to be a portal in the crawl space where the demon or other entities live, which I thought was pretty hilarious. When I, like when I look back, I remember that episode with the parapsychologist in the basement. And I'm like, this just sounds like you're ripping off a Amityville horror. Like <laughs> the basements and there's a demon. And like, yeah, like in Amityville 3D where there was a demon in the basement in the well. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh my husband went over to the crawl space and was like i don't believe you're real i'm coming in my ghost app started saying uh stop scared uh i love i love the how she recalls her husband is like i don't believe you're real i'm coming in <laughs> this is bullshit uh, we went back upstairs to the top floor. We had dowsing rods courtesy of the city of Atchison. They were doing all kinds of active stuff. One in particular turned to my hand and my phone spelled out entity. My husband started acting weird. He later said that he couldn't move. His mind was saying leave this place, but he was numb and couldn't get up. He said he also felt guilty for taunting whatever it was in the basement, even though he is a skeptic. We had some more fun times. A man said something growled at him. I love it. So we had some more fun times. A man said something growled at him. A lady said something pulled her hair and was freaked out. It was fun. <laughs> we that, Then we left. Uh, the guide had the flashlight in her hand and informed of what we told her about the dimming. She replied with, I put fresh batteries in before we came over here. That doesn't mean anything because there's a way to do a flashlight trick. So... And then she turned it on. It was as bright as can be. So I don't know what was real or all in her heads. I do know that there was something there and everyone else would agree. We all experienced something, even the skeptics. For $10 is more fun than a made-up haunted house. And if it makes you feel better, you can get some holy water from the Benedictine Church, conveniently located a mile up the road. So that's uh, Sally House Part 1 because, uh, you know, there are more... Uh, segments uh, on sightings yeah that, they went back at because i saw a little bit of the second episode because yeah. i was like changing my guitar strings as i was watching mm-hmm. and i wasn't quite ready to you know mm-hmm. I, I had to finish doing that so i yeah because i saw that they covered <laughs> they covered it in uh episode two as well and they went on about it but by that point i had had my fill of the uh sally house uh thing <laughs> um <clears throat> i love how that that was their opening uh to season three like that was their big ticket yeah. their big ticket segment um then of course later on in in season three episode one they uh we we revisit the uh golf breeze ufo yes that's the second case that they cover yeah and so uh kind of the same thing that you kind of yeah our, our uh, good friend ed walters makes another appearance and uh it doesn't seem like he has learned anything like I, I think this episode aired i think after he was already busted for for you know having the fake ufo uh hidden under the floorboards so it's like one of those things like sightings at the time, they were trying to say, like, we're, we are, like, serious investigators. I don't know, we're trying to find the truth about the paranormal. And it's like, you didn't do any extra research to find out this guy is just full of shit. Like, the guy literally had a fake UFO in, in 
I mean, under, his, under the floorboard. At least Unsolved Mysteries covered it when yes. it was unknown whether it was fake or not. You know, and then they did it. Then they cover. Then they did an update where they exposed his ass. Yeah. So because they, they they wanted to show that hey, if we get it wrong, we'll admit it. You know, so you can yeah. trust. You know, you can trust our stories because you know, if we do fuck up, we will. We will. You know, say as much. But that's yeah. I love how Ed Walters he gets busted he gets caught and then he's all like uh, 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 i didn't do i didn't i didn't do that it was like they are professional debunkers i don't know if they're getting paid if they're religious fanatics or what and i love my country so i hate to say this if they are involved in a cover-up <laughs> i don't know if loving your country has anything to do with any of that no, no he's just he's talking about his the government trying to cover things up no um but I mean, it, it was pretty outlandish if you think about it. Like all the photos that he had, all the videos that this one guy had. He had this photo where he said it was a fighter jet that narrowly avoided a UFO. And you're like, you really got something like that? <laughs> like it's one of those things you're like, this fucking Ray Stevens looking ass guy in Florida. Yeah, yeah sure. You are you totally have all this photographic I, I can't, evidence. I can't even like bust my camera out fast enough uh, when my cat catches a lizard, you know, let alone like a UFO crashing into a or almost crashing into a fighter jet. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's like, yeah, I don't like what are the odds of you capturing that? Or, you know, you're photographing the sky and Gulf breeze. Uh, there was like another guy who came forward and said some anonymous dude sent him a tape uh, and it, it had a UFO on it. And it's the typical sort of like UFO footage you look at and you're like, I can't see anything. It's all blurry. Gotta love that old, that good old 360p quality yeah. uh, footage from those old camcorders. Or, yeah, it's or even, grainy as hell. Even less, you know. Some- you could you could fake that probably. Uh, also at the same time, it could just be something from the local airfield. It just looks like a UFO because the camera sucks. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I mean. Uh, but one of the, f- one of the funniest things about that segment is they're talking about how the UFOs, like they used to come out at night, but now they're just coming out during the day. Uh, and, and they're only coming out during the day. And I'm like, uh, I, I guess they just enjoy the Florida sun. Yeah, man. Uh, I, Gulf breeze, baby. got to get some of that, that Florida Gulf breeze. But I love how they're like talking about like, oh, this is the Gulf breeze, Florida, like, uh, it, it, there's been more sightings here than anywhere else in the United States. It's like an invasion of UFOs. And I'm like, oh, well, Josh, like, uh, it must have been an unsuccessful invasion because uh, I can you tell live you, in Florida. I, and I, I mean, I can tell you growing like my dad, my dad's claimed to have seen a UFO above our house back in the 90s. Um, and, uh-huh. and it scared the shit out of me when he told me that he saw it. And I just did not like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely remember were, the details that he shared with you. Said, I don't, yeah, he said it was like uh, I don't know. Actually, it's kind of hard. Like it was like speeding. Mm-hmm. It was speeding through the sky or whatever, and mm-hmm. it was like I think it was like this glowing orange or red thing. Okay, that's kind of all I really remember him saying about it. He was outside smoking a cigarette on the porch as he did. Um, 
And you, as as far as you know, he wasn't intoxicated or anything. Oh right? no, my dad, my dad didn't drink when we were uh, kids, or anything. he didn't okay. really, he didn't really drink later on either. He 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 was like an alcoholic in his younger years, much like myself. But he like gave it up when he like got back into yeah christianity and shit and in terms of drugs it was just like smoking cigarettes just, like, you know, just, just smoking cigarettes just pack pack and a half two packs a day all right um huh. but yeah i mean i will say that growing up as a kid in the 90s like my there was a lot of talk about ufos like no one in talks florida about, yeah, like nobody mm-hmm. talks about it now. Like literally nobody. I mean, that's le- what I'm saying. Like it, everyone was talking about it then. The, the guy said it started in 1987 and it was still going on. It's kind of like trend, like trending. You know, that's a word that people didn't use yeah. back then. But UFO, the topic of UFOs w- was definitely trending in people's minds, and and it, and, and it reflected as much with shows like Unsolved Mysteries that would feature. Mm-hmm. Those segments. I mean, where you never see any of that anymore. You don't see a show that features like UFO sightings anymore. Like it, it was just it was. Well, there's of- some stuff every now and then on History Channel, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it was very. You know, these are prime time shows, and they're talking yeah. about you know UFOs and all that. And so, I mean, it was it was a hot topic at the time because uh, for whatever reason, the '90s had a a glut of UFO sightings in the '80s mm-hmm. as well. But the '90s was really like the I'm big- just I'm just wondering like. You know, did the aliens get get some exposure to you know Florida man, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they were like, ah, nah, we're 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 done with Florida. <laughs> there, there, there's there's no hope here. Uh, we've seen we've seen everything that we need to to see. We're gonna move on. <laughs> well, the '90s would have been around 50 years after the Roswell incident, so maybe there was some kind of a in 50 years, let's check back and see, you know, okay, what how, what, how our research is going and, yeah. you know, what, what you know, our subjects, you know, that we've mm-hmm. fucked with, like, you know. Maybe that's the explanation for all the craziness in Florida. They were all abducted by aliens, these people, and then they had, like, ex- they were experimented on, and, and now they're doing all this crazy shit because they're all fucked up. Well, I mean, it was, you know, from... Uh, unsolved mysteries there was cases all over the place you know phoenix arizona with yeah. with phil kentucky uh mm-hmm. uh fucking new york um yeah i forget the name of the city um socorro new mexico jesus i'm surprised all these cities are just coming yeah. off the but top like of my head. in florida like you don't hear anything at all about ufo sightings anymore at least well no not not, in, any, not in anymore news. i'm I, I mean i, I would say like in the entire United States, you don't really hear anything uh, until they drop the uh, whole gimbal yeah. footage, you know, and, mm-hmm. the, and and it'll just be like a little YouTube like or, or uh, Yahoo News byline. Now it'll just say like, yeah, the government admits aliens exist and everyone's just like, yeah, so I don't care. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> Have you heard that. I still I still can't wrap my head around that, like just how nonplussed people were when that came out. It was just like, yeah, aliens are, might be real, uh, whatever. Yeah, go I back mean, to I, doing my TikTok, you know. <laughs> they're going to have to produce, like, a craft or, like, a, an actual, like, little green man. And on, on Like, even if that happens, they're a fake. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's, that's exactly what everyone would say. You know, like, oh, the government's doing this because they're trying to you know, yada, 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 whatever the uh, talking point is, and it's probably going to come from the QAnon f- fucking freaks. 
so anyway, uh, yeah, the Gulf Breeze thing, like it, it was a very breezy segment. It wasn't very long at all. They interviewed Ed Walters for a little bit. You had that pretty cringy short reenactment with him and his bad acting. Oh yeah. Then they went and to- yeah. Well, I, I don't know if you had anything else to say about that. I was just going to say, as far as sightings goes, they had that guy who uh, recomposed, uh, decomposed. Oh yeah, faces. yeah. The 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 recomposer of the decomposed. Uh, then, that was the next uh, segment. A uh, Frank Bender. And again, they they in their sightings fashion, they over sensationalize even this. Yeah. This you know man who to was, the point where it was pretty hilarious. Like, yeah. I, like they got all this dramatic lighting on him as he's, uh-huh. as he's like being, you know, to make him look like he's this. Part like, of me, though, I think Frank might have asked for that. Like he seems like the, he seems like a character himself. Yeah. So part of me is like he, he was probably like, hey, you know, make me look cool. Like make me look dark and mysterious. <laughs> I mean, know? I will say on the on a surface level, what he does taking like it's uh, uh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's cool. It is cool. On a surface level, what he does is empirically cool. Taking a a skeleton and people do this all, all the time in forensics. Mm-hmm. It's not he's not the only guy. But he's definitely one of the best and he, one of the the most high profile yeah well, he would he sculptors. would put more emotion in their face than than mm-hmm. what they normally did when they would reconstruct a face from a skull and uh and he had a really good track record like they mentioned at one point like 85 percent yeah success rate yeah that's that's crazy um and then they showed like his nightmare art but they only showed it in small clips because some, yeah. some of it looked pretty disturbing i wanted to see what that yeah. looked like because like there was one uh, the piece of art that they showed it was like a some some kind of um i don't know what medium he used to do it maybe mm-hmm. if it was like clay or something but it was like this like child with this uh, weirdly long neck being hung yeah. by a noose and it was like wow that's yeah. creepy i want to see more of that you know yeah uh he he did this nightmare art to try to cope with all of the emotions that he was dealing with doing this job which probably would be really rough I'm glad. Your, I'm glad your, music is psyche. my. I'm glad music is my art form because I really. Uh, if that shit lived in my head, I don't know if I would feel so great about that. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. this is what I saw in my head. Damn, I don't want to live in your head for one second. It looks like something straight out of like Hellraiser. Like it had that he, sort of reminds me uh, of this guy, this it. Polish artist that I really liked who I think died in the eighties. His name was like Zdzislaw Bekskinski or whatever. Mm-hmm. Good good luck trying to spell that name, by the way. Um, he does like these hellish, like I, I can only describe it as like portraits of what you would see if you were in hell, and um, yeah. it's it's just so disturbing. But I love yeah. it, I, and I, I can't believe he was mm-hmm. doing these very graphic, hellish kind of landscapes and figures uh, in the eighties and and before. Like it's like yeah. man, like. Because, you know, you associate all that edginess with, like, shit that's more recent. Well, I mean, you had stuff all the way back, you know, in, in cent- you know centuries ago with, uh, I think centuries or, uh, you know, with Bosch, you know, and his work and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, uh, Frank Bender, he was a character, uh, and he seemed like a guy who not only was really good at his job in terms of sculpting, you know, from these skulls, but... He also seemed like somebody who had a genuine care and passion for these lost 
uh, uh, souls. Like he wanted, he didn't want them to remain a number. I think even just like one of the worst things you could that could happen if you die is to just not have a name. You know, just just be you know not have a name. Not nobody really knows who you are. You know that kind of thing. So this is completely um, off topic, but uh, we're talking about like pictures and art and all that and it just reminded me of this thing and, and you guys you gotta google this whoever's listening out there uh it's this what's been it, it became like this viral thing but it's called the time traveling hipster and there's this picture oh yeah there's i remember a, that yeah there's this picture taken in 1941 of this group of people and they're all dressed like in suits and you know the men were wearing suits and the and it was in a way that you would completely expect people to dress, yet um, in the picture, and it's circled in red, I just sent it to Mike, um, there's this guy who is literally dressed like someone who would be dressed nowadays. He's dressed, yeah. he kind of looks like a hipster, from the sunglasses to the hair to the like the kind of jacket he's wearing. Yeah stands out like a sore thumb he almost looks like uh like 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 a neo in, in, amongst a crowd of like yeah you know old people in the 1940s it's really a crazy mm-hmm. photo and they actually broke down it, it, it turned out to be a coincidence that mm-hmm. um he just happened to be wearing a style that was generic enough yeah to where he would still look modern even nowadays but it's it's really a crazy yeah. picture you just use google time traveling hipster and it's mm-hmm. uh so it's really neat. That would that was definitely off topic. Yes, for sure. that was very off topic. But I promise you, if you look it up, you will be kind of blown away a little <laughs> but, bit. But it, but it is mysterious. So I guess, <laughs> I guess it could. Hey man, we're fit. we're uncovering unexplained mysteries. Okay. Yes, we are. So going back to Frank Bender, um, yeah, the way that Sidings edited a lot of his interviews and stuff with the dramatic lighting and the flashy edits and him looking, you know, mysterious. Uh, it almost seemed like he was a big fan of Clive Barker, uh, who directed and wrote Hellraiser. And he was like, you know, that guy's cool. Can can you like make me look as cool as Clive Barker? Yeah. <laughs> so he, he's most famous for uh, his uh, aging bust that he made of uh, John M.O. List, who was a killer. I think it was a serial killer or some kind of famous criminal who was actually caught. 11 days after he his busters created which could have been coincidence they didn't really specify no i don't know if it was coincidence because it was uh, it was featured on america's most wanted well no but i'm saying like they're like oh he was caught 15 days after the bus was released but he was caught was caught 11 days later because of the fact that the bust showed what he would look like older and because of that it caused i think it led to like a tip like somebody you know saw that and then it led to his capture. So yeah, it did. The bust really was instrumental, and in then the capture of John Emil List. Mm, okay. Sadly, he's no longer around. Like he died in oh, 2011. Yeah. He, he died of uh, lung cancer because of exposure to asbestos from his time in the Navy. Wow. So he's no longer with us. But uh, he did a lot of good. Like they interviewed uh, the. The mother of this child who was who went missing and then was found dead, and it was pretty crazy. It was, you know, it could be just a coincidence, but it was pretty crazy that 
he created the bust and he had the the teenager was a teen actually had her in a in a position that was exactly the same as like the last photo that was taken of her yeah she was like looking up upward yeah. and that that is pretty crazy even for like being a coincidence and like he was talking about like Haley tries to feel the spirit or or what these uh, what uh the the victims are feeling, which probably ties into why his nightmare art is so disturbing is because he's tapping into these, these feelings and these emotions, this darkness that happens when you're at the point of death. And a lot of these people that he's dealing with are probably people who are brutally killed. Yeah. See, uh, from my end as an artist, as a mu- musician, um, it my process is like a lot different, and I, I'm glad that my process doesn't really involve. Uh, well, I mean, I, I suppose it can involve emotion, but um, mm-hmm. I mean, shit. Nine times out of ten, when I come up with a song on guitar, I'm just playing the guitar, and I'll just come upon a, a sequence of notes that I like, and I'm like, oh, that's yeah. cool. It, it's it's more of a um, passive thing as far as emotionally you know there's not Mm -hmm. really any emotion in it it's just you are just enjoying playing the guitar and then you come upon something that you find interesting and to me um now writing lyrics is a totally different ball game like that's all the all the emotion you can put either all the emotion in it or you can put no emotion into it but uh that's that's kind of like a different medium that i that I don't, yeah. I don't really love that so much. It's just kind of a necessary mm-hmm. evil. But for your whole like art to be, you know, bringing people back, you know, recomposing the decomposed, and then you know having to carry that emotional burden and all that would be uh, that would be mentally exhausting for me. I feel mm-hmm. it's not. It's definitely not a job that everyone I think could handle mentally. Yeah. Now, uh, this episode did have like one little short thing. Uh, it was like a couple minutes or they interviewed some scientists and they talked about pseudoscience bullshit about black holes, which is definitely the weakest that, thing. That was definitely some pseudoscience right yeah. out the age. Um, they're talking about how like, you know, some of the, some of the things they said about black holes were factual that, yes. you know, it, when, when a star collapses within itself, it creates a, you know, this 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 um void this this vortex of like vortex uh, the, yeah. the, the gravitational pull is so extreme that it sucks in light and um time actually slows down in a black uh-huh. hole all that's actually true but as far as it being a vortex uh into another universe is yeah. completely bu- is complete bullshit and, and, and like they didn't even like go in depth on that either they were just throwing theories they, out there they were they postulating were just like, that aliens use black holes as like wormholes to to get to earth yeah. because you know the uh-huh. uh, the aliens would have to come from seven billion galaxies this or, stuff is is proto ancient aliens like that's yeah. that's what that segment was like yeah. that's definitely your typical sort of ancient aliens the sad thing to me bullshit. is that like if they knew enough about black holes to know that it's it's a collapsed star that has a very hev- heavy gravitational pull they would also know that there's a thing called a singularity which is at the mid it's at the direct center of the black hole so it's it's not an actual hole 
it's it's a mass. It's a mass that yeah, it's a mass that's in space. That doesn't have that doesn't have the same ring to it. Yeah, I know. But it's 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 a it's a mass in space that is in it is black. Mm-hmm. And the only reason we see black holes are the light yeah. uh, from the friction of the of the constant rotation that's going around the the black void. It creates radiation in the form of light, gamma rays, and all that 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 we yeah. can actually see. Um, but as far as them being uh, portals to another dimension or, or or to some different form of time and space, like that's all pseudoscience, science fiction stuff. Like there's no basis in reality for any of that. And the reason for that is because there's there's no way to prove it. Like we, if, no one's going to be able to go into a black hole, yeah, and and, and get out of there like, alive. Liter- like, literally, like it's the gravitational pull is so crazy that like it basically stretches anything that enters into it into a long noodle. Like like mm-hmm. your feet, uh, the distance from your head to your feet uh, becomes exponentially further away from itself because that's just how crazy the like you it literally would just rip you in half <laughs> you just get stretched out into this weird like thing it would not be a very pleasant experience and uh i mean for a, a, a ufo spaceship to somehow would not only withstand that to be but be, to be able to exit out of the gravitational pull of a ufo of a black hole i it, mean it's scientifically impossible unless unless the whole um because we do know that from the the government footage from the planes that ufos do have the ability to move in such a way that would kill a human being if mm-hmm. they were on board because it can descend it can ascend it can yeah. move side to side so quickly at such speeds that that it would our bodies our human bodies couldn't withstand but if it. that's the case then why would aliens even need black holes i mean, they go like light speed well, go that's super the thing. Fast. There, i mean they, don't even, they yeah, wouldn't even need it yeah there's that aspect to it too but then they theorize the re- the reason why these these ships are essentially able to break the laws of nature is that they have a propulsion system that essentially creates a bubble around them to where gravity does not apply to them. Okay. So if gravity doesn't apply to them, then that means that black holes really wouldn't affect them if they had such a system because the gravitational pull is the main, that's the main bread and butter of a black hole. So if gravity doesn't apply to the craft, then, uh-huh. I mean, essentially it would be able to fuck around with the black hole and not be affected. Um, because that, but, the, it is, but it is just pure, total yeah, pseudoscience. Speculation. <laughs> I mean, yeah, speculative. If there was some, if there nonsense. was, if there were some device that like created some field around the craft that, um, yeah. rendered gravity, uh, non-effective or, or not, not a factor that, you know, weighed into the way a ship I moves. I mean, it's believable that aliens could maybe have some sort of technology like that. Like, maybe. Anti-gravity, whatever. But us? Never gonna happen. No. Humans are never gonna invent that shit. <laughs> I mean, if it is to believe that we uh, captured, you know, from the Roswell thing, you know, yeah. the craft was recovered and reverse engineered and then the sport model was built and then that one guy, uh, was it, uh, who's... Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar, that he talked about witnessing the craft being flown or turned on or whatever. Um, I mean, you know. I think the government, 
if that existed, they they would be too eager to test it out on some fucking war torn country or some shit. Right? Like we'd already know about it. <laughs> yeah, you'd think. But then again, there was stuff like I, I still point back to this the Panama incident. I think that's what it was called. It was a documentary that won an Oscar in the, in the late eighties. And you got people from Panama, you know, during the Panama uh, invasion, like when the Americans, you know, came to Panama and had a bit of a war. Uh, They're talking about how these Americans were showing up and they were firing lasers at people. Oh, wow. And just lighting them on fire and like cutting limbs off. And it's like some Star Wars shit right there. Yeah, it was a lot of people too a lot of witnesses from panama and i'm kind of like you know maybe they're exaggerating possibly but at the same time like there's a lot of people and i've heard things from people who have worked who have been in the military that have seen experimental stuff like there was one guy who worked with me at like a retail store in oklahoma city and i probably shared this before but it's still something that's still stuck with me to this day we're talking about speculative sort of pseudoscience kind of stuff that you can't necessarily prove, but it's kind of interesting to talk about. Uh, He mentioned that he was witness to some sort of test of a weapon that was like a sonic weapon where it was, uh, uh, it was sound and it was so powerful that like you could just destroy targets and stuff like that. And like, it would just just end completely disorientate you, and you didn't necessarily hear really much either. It was just it was it was it was like like some really low frequency sound, like some sort of sonic weapon. So, I you know, with all the money that's funneled into into the military, like there, there's no doubt in my mind that there's some crazy ass weapon tech that we do not know about and we will never see (laughs) because the military just just likes to spend money and be like oh well this is cool we'll probably never use it unless we absolutely have to which i mean you never know man if putin ever pushes the button you know we we might see you might see a bunch of fucking ufos shoot out from the united (laughs) states and zap that thing down (laughs) and and then and then after that happens it's like yep well we we have these we we do have them that's the real star wars program that's what it was it wasn't lasers in 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 space it was to to build a fleet of ufos well, I can tell you, if anything like that happens nowadays with everyone with their goddamn smartphones, we will get uh, uh, 360 degree footage of it from all angles because everyone will uh, have recorded it some, one oh, way yeah. or another. It could be some yeah. fucking random boater out in the Atlantic Ocean and just, you know has this smartphone on him and he records it. You know, and mm-hmm. that's. I mean, I think that's kind of a good thing. It kind of keeps uh, everybody. Uh, you know, it holds them accountable. You know, if you can. I mean, think of all the. I think that's another reason why they're not testing a lot of the a lot of these things out because there's just so many people with so many different ways to photograph things. Yeah, I mean, think about all the like the police shit that uh, would have gone unchecked had people not recorded it and seen yeah. it for themselves. You know, yeah. the um, um, fucking what's his name, Lloyd Floyd. God damn. Oh, George Floyd? You, you want to go there? George Floyd with the Derek Chauvin or whatever. Yeah. Um, like, uh, if you would just describe that incident to someone, 
uh, I think uh, they would have been like, wow, that's horrific. But um, because they had the footage, even Sean Hannity, like Mr. Yeah. Mr. Conservative, yeah. the cops are always right. Even Sean Hannity was like, yeah, that's messed up. That They should not. Yeah. And, and that was all because of video. You know, yeah. If they, if they didn't have the video and they just described it, Sean probably would have been like, "Well, it, it didn't go down quite like that, and the cop was in the right, and yada yada yada." Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, yeah. Fuck, fuck that guy. I hate, <laughs> hate Sean Hannity so much. Yet I still listen to him. I don't know why. I think I like the pageantry of conservative talk radio hosts. They always. What do you listen to, Tucker Carlson too? <laughs> if, if he was on the radio, I probably would. They just hyper. Like I just love. I love all the what about is so they censor they sensationalize politics. Yes. Just like citing sensationalizes the paranormal. And I I noticed the mind control that like Sean Handy will use. Like he'll come up with a word uh or he'll he'll use the same word over and over again to drill it into people's heads like uh Hunter Biden's laptop, you know, uh-huh. uh like uh well tucker carlson he has this like certain way that he says things that i also think is probably what gets in people's heads because he has this certain uh cadence i would say yeah he uses over and over and over and over again i would say bro uh rush limbaugh was like the the godfather of coming up with that um because Mm -hmm. he would rush limbaugh would be like so now we have bernie sanders a liberal trying to run for the state of the whatever you know and it's yeah, like yeah, you yeah. just be like a liberal you know uh-huh. <laughs> just like i would listen to rush back when he because yeah. again it was theater like it was so obviously <laughs> so obviously just hyperbolic but like the like 98 percent of his fans didn't see that they didn't they don't see the act they i think that's i think that does in in some weird way kind of tie into sightings because it is it is an act yeah the whole show is an act With it's hi- it, like lots of hyperbole sprinkled yes in. yes but i i think i think there's some interesting stuff that 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 is definitely present in the show it's definitely a 90s show oh but that, that also that also adds to some of the charm too because, you know, seeing people with their 90s styles and, you know, a little bit of a time capsule to, you know, that time period. And you can say Unsolved Mysteries is 90s, but you cannot fuck with Robert Stack's voice. No. That is the one thing. I, li- I like Tim White. He, he, he handles things well, like for what he's asked to do. This is more of this is not really the same thing as Unsolved Mysteries. It's definitely not as cinematic or like structured it's more like he probably has a script he's working with, but it, it's definitely more tied into what he's done before. It's definitely more like a news show. So it's that kind of thing. Okay. So, so it, if, if, if I had a, a festival or if I had like, if I was booking a show, um, I would have like sightings would be the opener and then unsolved mysteries would be the headliner. <laughs> sightings yeah. is, is like it's like yeah. oh, you know okay yeah, yeah. I could kind of see why this band would be on tour with this band but yeah. holy shit the headliner yeah. that's yeah. why they're the headliner right there. Yeah yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh my my mind is telling me that I want a burrito so I'm going to uh I'm going to end. I'm going to end the okay. podcast right now. Um that I'm, was, I'm glad that you said you were going to end the podcast. You're not like, oh, I'm just going to end end things after. I'm this ending burrito. the entire podcast <laughs> like right now. The, the all six years <laughs> in the most unceremonious, 
goodbye ever. Yeah, you just like Mike got me to talk about sightings, and that's it. I'm done. It's going to be like the end of Sopranos when Tony and his family's sitting there. The screen just goes black, and you know, it's like, what the fuck is this? You know. But anyway, sorry. Spoiler alert: If you haven't seen this, uh, you know, 15 year old show, probably more than 15 years old at this point. Um, Sopran- Most people know about that ending, yeah, I, even if they haven't even seen the show. Be- like, I know the ending, yeah. and I haven't seen the entire series. Before yet. I knew anything about The Sopranos, all I, all I knew was uh, the ending was bad. That's yeah. what everyone. That's what everyone. That was yeah. the, the the meme of the of the day was like, oh, the ending was terrible, and it's like Dexter's I, ending is pretty bad too. Although I haven't seen the new the new season. Well, I haven't seen that one yet. So I think you'd like that one. Isn't that the serial killer guy? Yeah, eh, I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I got the stomach for that much, much anymore. Even the Sopranos, <laughs> some of the scenes they get—they're so fucking violent. Yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. But um. Yeah, anyway, that's the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Just kidding. We'll be back sometime in the next few weeks with a brand <laughs> new old thing to talk about. Um, yeah. We might have to cover the Dahmer thing. Everyone's talking about the Dahmer documentary on Netflix. All my friends. Isn't are, there a was, movie? Is it a movie or is it? Doc- I think it's. No, a, I think it's no, a movie. No, it's a docu series. It's a docu series. Yeah. Is that the one that stars Evan Peters, or is it like just a separate thing? Because there's like something that stars Evan Peters. Well, as the docu series is what everyone that I know has been talking about. So there might be a separate movie, but the docu series. Um, okay. Even Stephanie, my bandmate's talking about it, so uh, right. I think we should probably cover that. Okay. Because uh, we did do a serial killer month. At one point, in the and podcast. it's October, and serial killers are pretty scary. So. Yeah, did we already do him? We didn't. No. Do, we didn't do the the docu series though. So we did not do Dahmer. I know that for a fact. Like SoundCloud's going to be any fucking help? You do it. Yeah, I, I don't remember ever doing Dahmer. Um, but uh, well, anyway, whatever. All right. So if you want to donate to us on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries for $3. You will get the podcast early for $5. You can tell us what episode of what show that you want us to talk about. Uh, we have definitely done that a lot in the past. We've done a lot of things that we wouldn't have normally done. Um, because you lovely people paid us money. The keepers, <coughs> um, so yeah, there's that. It's uh, patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. Uh, we have a Facebook group. If you go to Facebook and go to the groups tab, type in uncovering unexplained mysteries, and you should find the group. Been getting a lot of fucking requests to join the group lately, but man, you people do not know how to answer a yes or no question. I swear to God, I, I sometimes I turn them away, sometimes I let them in anyway, but I mean, it's like... Just, are you joining this group because you listen to the Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries podcast? And you can either type yes or you can type no. The amount of people who type no still blows my mind. Because then the follow-up question is, if you put no, then why do you want to join the Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries fan page? I like mysteries. I like mysteries. I want to know more. It, again, guys, we don't have the fucking uh, grassy knoll photo of the guy who shot Kennedy. <laughs> we don't have the uh, the the footage or the photos from Hangar Seven or whatever in Roswell. Hangar Thirteen. Hangar no, Thirteen. We don't have, uh, we don't, we don't have um, the uh, the actual uh, faked moon landing footage uh, in the group. You won't find any of that there. You will find discussion of. 
uh, unsolved mysteries, the TV show. I might throw some random doodad in there. Someone else might, someone else might throw some random doodad in there. Um, but it, I will say for the most part, it is troll free for the most part. Uh, so it's, it's a good group to join. And then finally, if you like me and Mike, but, uh, maybe you want to know about our separate ventures, you can find us at our YouTube channels that we put a lot of work into and that we've been doing for a long fucking time. So you should fucking do it. Sorry. I got a little heated there. Uh, Mike is a big movie guy. Um, you know what I, 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 I had a thought the other night when I was in the bathroom taking a piss at the Casbah. Uh, I thought to myself, you know what, Mike? And I was I was talking to you telepathically. I was like, you know, what? I was like, you know what, Mike? I'm a fucking movie guy too. You and I just have very different tastes in movies. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, I I I I've seen a lot of movies. I just haven't seen a lot of the mainstream movies. <laughs> Mike is more of a mainstream movie kind of guy. Not to say that you definitely do not do reviews about very obscure movies, and you have definitely seen very obscure movies, but um. I wouldn't say my taste is in the obscure. It's in the uh, the thriller genre. Okay. And that's not really, I think, a genre uh, that you... Speaking of thriller genres, uh, I would recommend avoiding a film called Red Sparrow. It's one of the most boring, forgettable spy thrillers oh, I've fuck. ever seen. Okay, I will avoid that. I have a list of movies here of, of my two watch. Uh-huh. Uh, I will run them by you and see if you've either watched okay. them or if I should avoid them. I'll let people know first, though, uh, what uh, I have oh, yeah. uh, so, on my channel yeah, tell recently. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of Red Sparrow, I just uploaded a uh, rant and review on that movie. I also ranted on and reviewed on the uh, pretty significant box office bomb, Chaos Walking, that was a, a film starring... Uh, Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley that was like stuck in post-production hell for years, dealt with reshoots, and then finally came out and it sucked and it did terrible in the box office. So I talked about that one. And I also reviewed all the Karate Kid films. Very nice, very nice. Okay, so here's the movies. Here's my two watch list. Oh, okay. Uh, Lamb. Haven't seen that one yet. Uh, it's an A24 horror movie. Those are kind of hit and miss for me, kind of mostly miss because I find them to be pretty pretentious most of the time and incredibly overrated. See, but that's just me. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. He's got shit together. Uh, perfume. Uh, is that is that like the one? I, I think I've vaguely heard about that one, but I've never seen it. Is it like a period piece? Don't Does it work. like take place in the... 1700s or something. I don't something. remember, but if it is a period piece, I will be skipping it because I hate period pieces. <laughs> um, we got, uh, okay, of course, you've seen Rocky Horror Picture Show, but I haven't. It's a classic. Yeah. It's a great movie. I haven't seen that one. Rogue, Let's Rogue do one. the time warp again. Yeah. God damn, those fuck- that song got stuck in my head. Drove me crazy. Because uh, people singing at karaoke. Um, Rogue my one. favorite song is actually not that one. My favorite song is the the one that opens the film. Yeah, there's a bunch of ones on there. I, I don't, I don't really care about any of them. Anyway, Rogue One, uh, the Star Wars story. Uh huh. Um, you might like it more than me. I thought it was pretty tedious, slow, boring. Didn't really care for a lot of the characters. There is a cool uh, scene with Vader, though. I heard that's but... like the the main impetus for watching it is the Vader scene. Yeah, kind. Of, that's kind of how I feel about it, for sure. Uh, this is one I've already seen, but I, I I put it on here to rewatch Tom Cruise's War of the Worlds. 
Yeah, I saw that in a theater years ago, enjoyed it. I think it still holds up pretty well. It's one of Spielberg's last like really good films to me. Yeah, he hasn't done he hasn't really done a, a classic in quite a while. I would say other than War of the Worlds, uh the Tin Tin movie he did, that was the other one that I really liked. Other than that, I did a lot of period pieces and bio- biographical films that I thought were incredibly for the most part, pretty forgettable, even though they had some good performances like uh, Lincoln. Man, movie directors are almost like uh, like musicians, like like they put out their best stuff when they're in their, their like 20s and 30s. And then as they age, their quality of their work gets like kind of depends. On, it depends on the, the filmmaker. Some of them actually just retire like right when they should. Like, for example, John Carpenter, he his last film was a very mediocre movie called The Ward that if you didn't know it was directed by him, you would never assume that it was directed by John Carpenter and he just retired and he's just smoking pot and playing video games and just getting royalty <laughs> checks. Oh yeah. Uh, and going to, to uh, uh, conventions and just having just massive balls. Like one guy in the audience was like, Oh, John Carpenter. Like, uh, I love your work and everything. One of escape from New York is one of my favorites, but like, what the fuck happened with, uh, escape from LA? And then John Carpenter was like, what the fuck happened with Escape from L.A.? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That's awesome. Uh, That's hilarious. So this movie, uh, two two women have recommended it to me. Okay. X. Oh, man, X. You seen it? It's well shot. I did, it, I did a review of it on my channel for anyone who's curious. It's well shot. It's got some good performances, but it's a slasher film that waits way too long to get any sort of blood flowing. I mean, like over like 50 minutes or some shit until like the first kill Uh, or at least 48 minutes. It's a long time and it's it's not as pretentious as some of the other A24 horror films, but I wasn't as blown away by it as others were. But I, I think. It's it's worth a watch for the style for like some of the performances like Mia Goff. I think it was a bad choice though to have these actors play the older people in makeup because as good as the makeup was at times, it still was really distracting because you still got these young people trying to play old, mm. and, I, and it's just one of those things that just doesn't really pan out nine times out of ten. When it comes to young people trying to be old, like they they overcompensate for things, and why didn't they it, just get old people to play old people? I don't know why. I have no idea. It was a gimmick thing. Like Mia Goth plays the young porn star, but then she also plays the old crazy lady. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, it does sound like a gimmick. All right, so this is one that I've seen recently, but uh, I don't know if you have seen it. Boys don't cry. I haven't seen that one in years. I know it has a good performance by, I think it was Hilary Swank, right? Uh-huh. It's definitely one of her like big breakout yeah, roles. Yeah, it was. Uh, I thought the movie kind of sucked. Um, for mm-hmm. most of the movie, she plays a trans man, which was very edgy for the 90s oh, to, yeah. to uh, have a movie like that. Um, but, uh, you know, small town, yada, yada, yada. Uh, everybody, all the all the dudes are cool with her until they find out she's, or, or until they find out that he has a vagina and mm-hmm. in their mind is, in fact, not a man, but a woman. And then they kill him, Brandon. 
yeah. is the name of the. But it was based on a true story, though. So I mean, you know. But uh, then the final movie uh, I have on my list is the. Why ship. did you think it sucked? It was just boring. Okay. Like there was nothing. Uh, yeah. Like the end, the the drama gets ramped up, and that gets more interesting. But I understand that they're trying to tell like the true story, and there is some mm-hmm. kind of a romantical aspects in there that I guess would be fine for some people. But uh, I just got done reading this book called uh, 1999, The Best Year Ever for mm-hmm. Movies. And they had like they talked about at least twenty movies. Um, I've been hearing hearing a lot about that year, and it's a good year. But saying that it's the best ever, I think, is is a little much. Well, right, because you had like I think sixty nine was a big year for movies. Nineteen eighty two had a lot of really solid, great films. Yeah, in multiple they were different genres. But I mean, they they were talking about the Matrix. They were talking about Fight Club. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, you know, uh, Blade Runner came out in '82. So did John Carpenter's The Thing, ET. I, yeah, it was kind of a silly title for. Uh, but I happen to really, I'm, I'm very nostalgic for the '90s, so yeah. I wanted to listen to the you audio. See, book. I should be since I'm technically a '90s kid. Oh, you're an eight. You're all about those '80s boy. Yeah, but I'm really an '80s guy. Yeah, and I even was when I was a kid in the '90s. I mean, you know, you gravitate towards, you have your reasons, everyone has their reasons why they gravitate towards certain decades. But I still like 90s stuff. I mean, there are still 90s films that are some of my favorites. I really like Gattaca, and I, I thought that Speed was great as one of the best action films out there with Keanu Reeves. So, I mean, honestly, like most of the people that I meet, like, you know, most of my millennial contemporaries, they're nostalgic for like the 2000s, like 2000 to 2009, Uh because that's when like emo came out and all that. Mm -hmm. And like, that's what they're super nostalgic for. Like, none of them even seem to give a fuck about the 90s. And for me, that's just I don't know. The 90s was just like one of the best decades ever. Um, So what was the last uh, film that you were? Shape of Water. I loved it. I oh. thought that was fantastic. Well, if you said you loved it, then it must be I good. I really like that film. I saw it in the theater. Um, visually, it's just absolutely stunning. Del Toro is a master. It deals with some definite, you know, crazy plot stuff. I mean, it's fish man falling in love with a, you know, a human woman type deal. So, you know, have that sort of uh, bestiality weirdness. But the way that it handled it, I thought was actually quite touching. All right, well, don't and don't spoil any more for it. For I'm me. not going to, but I'm just saying it's got some good performances. There's a lot of things in that that I thought were really good. In fact, that was that was my favorite film of that year. So, oh, nice. All right, yeah, I'll definitely get that one to watch. All right, well, that's Mike's channel, everyone. My channel is YouTube.com/slash/DancingWithGhosts. Dancing with ghosts, plural. Um, I am a music guy, if that hasn't become abundantly clear by now. (laughs) I talk about a lot of music-based shit on my channel. My last video I put out was a review of the new Smashing Pumpkins song, Beguiled, off of their upcoming three-album release, Autumn. Uh, They are releasing one album uh, in November and then another one in January and then the final one in, like, March of 23. Uh, So they all... Uh, titled after seasons uh it's volume one volume two volume three oh, okay. um it's it's a concept album uh featuring two characters uh i feel like um billy's gotten a little 
Bowie over over uh, obsessed with Bowie because there's a lot of and Pink Floyd as well because uh, from what I've heard there's a lot of like Bowie uh, isms as far as mm. like the spiders from Mars and Ziggy Stardust and all that kind of stuff like I know he, there's a Bowie documentary coming out yeah Moon Age Daydream yeah I saw I, I read about that but um the new Smashing Pumpkins song itself I thought musically was really cool it actually had a groove to it um. Billy Corgan's vocals were the only thing that really fell short for me. Um, his voice is changed. It's not as, it doesn't sound quite the same way it used to. It's a little bit more grating now, and the melodies that he chooses to sing are lazy to me. Um, it seems like back in the day, he put a lot more effort into coming up with solid melodies. You know, mm-hmm. despite all my rage, I am still just a rat in a cage. That's yeah, such a, a good, such a solid yes, melody. And now is. his melodies are very meandering and don't really seem to have like a hook or like a focus. They're just kind of random notes that fit in the key of the song. So they're uh-huh. not te- they're not technically a bum speaking, note. Speaking of that song by Smashing Pumpkins, like I. I don't think I can upload it because it's copyrighted or whatever, but I did do an edit years ago with the, the fly uh-huh. with David Cronenberg's the fly. And I used uh, that song and it, you know, the rat in the cage. Oh, bullet by fly wings. Yeah. Yeah. yeah nice. I used that song. Yeah. Um, you know, you got these huge, um, AM, AMV channels, the anime music videos where people like that's their whole yeah. bread and butter is using other people's music. You just can't do that anymore. <laughs> well, like, you, 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 yeah, I would say you could do it with my songs, but you can't because you to- you can you can do you can make those videos, but you're not gonna like they'll either get blocked worldwide by the copyright holder or you'll just you'll not make any anything any money off of it and that's yeah and you know if if you're if you're putting in all that effort you know just for nothing like that's kind of where i'm at now with youtube it's like if i'm putting if i'm putting effort into a video effort and time then I, i i want i want it to potentially get views meaning i want to potentially make money from it you know like i i would probably still make videos if i didn't get if i didn't make any money but it would uh the uploads would be much less few and far between because i got i got shit i can put my time into that is going to make me money you know so uh also my band is called dancing with ghosts and we have our newest song out the audacity which is doing really well and that's exciting and uh it seems like we're Seems like we're slowly kind of cl- climbing up uh-huh. that hill, been climbing yeah. up that road, or whatever. Um, so, yep, yeah, that's the end of the podcast, everybody. Check out the time traveling hipster. Till next time, see you later. Bye. See ya.